All right, welcome to another edition here of Beyond Eight Figures. Steve Olsher hanging out with the lovely Mary Golay. Hello, Mary Golay. Hello. Richie Ote, what's up, my brother? How's it going? It's all good, all good. And Wade's got it in control in the studio there. Kelly has it under control, I am sure, back at headquarters. And here on Beyond Eight Figures, we do sit down with entrepreneurs who have either exited their businesses for more than $10 million or currently run businesses that gross more than $10 million annually and uh, get to the bottom of exactly how they did that. So going to have a lot of fun here today and uh, super excited uh, for our guest, Rod, who we'll bring on here in, uh, in just a moment. Speaking of businesses that gross more than $10 million annually, uh, last week I had the opportunity to go and hang out actually in, in a couple of uh, pretty interesting circles. Uh, both circles for sure are grossing more than 10 million annually. Uh, Jiminy. So I went to the, uh, went to the click funnels conference and, uh, if you guys aren't familiar with click funnels, uh, that's the software that we use to build landing pages and order forms and, you know, websites and so on. And it just, it works really, really well for us. Uh, I've been using them for years. Uh, Kelly, I think that's beyond eight figures.com slash click funnels, something like that. Uh, but you guys can check it out there. But anyway, long story short, we've been using them for years. They have their annual conference. Uh, and there were like 5,000 people there. Huge event, huge Jeez. event. And I was at the first uh, Funnel Hacking Live conference um, maybe five years ago or whatever it was. It's been a number of years already. I think there were 650 people at the first one that I went to. It's pretty strong. So they've been growing, I mean, substantially. And, and, <clears throat> and if you haven't had a chance yet to listen to our interview with Dave Woodward, who is the uh, chief revenue officer, I believe that's his current title. He changed titles a couple of times, but check out Dave Woodward's episode on Beyond Eight Figures. And he he went really, really deep into how they grew uh, ClickFunnels from zero to where they are now. And so it's a SaaS model, software as a service. And if you figure the average person pays $100 a month to be on that uh, software, they're, they're, they, they crossed 100,000 users. Hmm. They crossed 100,000 users. So $10 million run rate per month mm-hmm. that doesn't include any of the upsells, doesn't include any of the the coaching and the other stuff that they do, that in and of itself is putting them over 120 million right now. Yeah. And the conference. It's not like they give the those conference. tickets away. Oh my God. <laughs> like it, it was a huge conference and an average ticket price of um, let's just call it seven hundred bucks. Maybe a little more than maybe a little ma- uh, a little less, but Doing quick math, that's another three and a half mil uh, just there, and then sponsors and so on and so forth. So what forth. are all those people going there for? Are, uh, and the percentage of how many of them are current users and how many are being converted into buying? All current users for the most part. I mean, okay. a very, 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 very small percentage of ClickFunnels users uh, come to the event, right? Because they have 100,000 and there's 5,000 there. So we're still only talking about 5%. Uh, and the majority of those people uh, that are there. But it, it's just a, it's a really interesting discussion around the creation of community yeah. because what Russell uh, and I mean the, the whole team there of course but you know people follow Russell Brunson for what he's been able to do anyway easily a 150 million dollar company right now with everything they got going on we started tracking with them and hanging out with them when they were pretty much at zero so it can mm-hmm. be done five years zero to 150 million in five years it can be done uh, and is then that I, what we're doing? We're we're doing something else in our five years right now. It's <laughs> zero to three dollars right now. We're, we're making our way through it, but at this pace, um, we'll get to 150 million in in uh, <laughs> in 50 million years. So we got some work to do. And then the second um, really interesting 10 million dollar plus business that I had a chance to hang out with last week uh, is what Dave Ramsey has going on uh, over at what is now known as Ramsey Solutions. And so I had an opportunity to, to, I mean, really just be treated like royalty over there for Podcast Magazine. Sit down. And for those who don't know, I'm, I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of Podcast Magazine. You probably figured that out and find out with the commercials that we run here. Uh, but I've been able to sit down with just some really awesome folks here in the embryonic stages of, uh, of the magazine launching. Full access to Dave Ramsey. And, you know, that guy is, uh, he's, he's pretty, I mean, like when you're, when you're around him, he's, he's effusive. I mean, just a super nice guy gives you access, but like getting into that circle is really, really hard. So they, uh, they have a thousand employees right now, Jeez. a thousand employees over there. So people think it's, oh, it's just the Dave Ramsey show. He's just talking about, you know, finance and the snowball, you know, the debt snowball and all that. 
not the case. 1,000 employees, they're building a huge new campus. The first building of their new campus has 225,000 square feet. A huge amphitheater inside for their 900,000 uh, employees. They were at nine plus, but they're over 1,000 now when I, uh, just in this short period of time because they were in this massive hiring spree. But all the employees can get together in this main lobby kind of amphitheater area. He's got a studio on the first floor, just absolutely top of the line. No mm. clue what they're doing total revenue-wise, um, but I would venture to guess it's got to be $100 million plus. Got to be. Wow. So, uh, so pretty cool. Uh, and, uh, and, and we'll release a whole um, to-do there. We'll, we'll cover what Ramsey Solutions is up to. Dave doesn't want it to be an article just on him, so we'll cover it more uh, holistically, and we'll get that out in Podcast Magazine soon here. All right, let's, um, let, let's give our buddy Rod an opportunity here to, to jump into the mix because I, uh, you know, obviously, as with all of our guests here on Beyond Eight Figures, uh, we do attract uh, some, some amazing folks who have a lot of things going on in the world. And uh, so we value your time and uh, honor you for being here. So before I completely butcher your name, and I'll probably only say your last name this one time, maybe as we close at the end as well, uh, but do you pronounce it Rod Cleef? Yes, sir. You do. Okay. All right. Thanks, man, for, for joining us here. Is that, a, is that a happy little green screen we got behind you, or are you actually sitting yeah, in front it, of it? It is a green screen. Okay. It happens to be my backyard. I'm pretty blessed to live in a practically a park, but uh, yeah, it's a green screen. So let me get this straight. You have a green screen of a photo of your yes. backyard. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It would be too logistically cumbersome to actually move me outside to be able to enjoy the weather. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, so, but... Uh, so having no, just we, spent some time in uh, in Puerto Rico, it kind of looks... I got married. Uh, did you? Yeah, it looks kind of yeah. Puerto Rico-ish. You got the palm trees and the grass and, yeah. the, and the, obviously the body of water behind you. Where where are you? Well, I'm actually in Sarasota and uh, I have a compound, six buildings, and uh, just a just a beautiful setting. It's very zen, very peaceful. I, you know, I walk around regularly throughout the day to lower my stress level, and um, and I, I the the what you see behind me across the water is a very long, narrow island that I used to have a home on. Uh, and then there's the Gulf of Mexico. So mm. it's a beautiful setting. Love it here. I should be a poster child for the Florida Chamber. Yeah, right. And when you say compound, um, so you're leading a cult, basically, as, as we're going right, with this. Yes, right, yeah, right. Me, my wife and I, so I'm trying to convert her to my cult. But you're yeah, trying. it's just the two of us. <laughs> just the two of you. Yeah, good luck with that then. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's absolutely beautiful. But uh, when you talk Thanks. about six buildings, uh, obviously, I mean, we're mm -hmm. going to talk about real estate. Six buildings sure. meaning like six single family homes, six apartments. No, no, buildings. no. I've got a, a big, big giant main house and I've got a beautiful guest house on the water. Uh, I've got people here working on it right now. We're building, uh, doing some remodeling, but then I've got another building. It's kind of like a media center with a theater room and above it, I've got a video studio. Uh, you know, I, I host a podcast as well in the multifamily real estate space. So I'm always shooting video and adding content. So I've got that right here at my home. And then uh, store giant storage building. I'm a bit of a prepper, so I've got some some of that going on, and I've got garages and an exercise facility. And yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah, nice. So you're that guy. So if when things I'm go that to, guy. So when things go to hell in a handbasket, we come and yeah, visit yeah, Rod. Yeah, yeah, we got don't. a place. We'll, we'll, there's a safe yeah, place to. Yeah. How many employees do you have? Oh gosh. Um, just on the compound? Or are we talking like well, outside? Whatever, whatever no, no, no. On the compound, is. I have one. I, I do have. Well, actually, no, I don't. I have two. But. Uh, you know, in, in my companies, um, I'd have to think about that for a minute, but, you know, I have two companies that I run. Uh, one is one is uh, in the multifamily real estate space. We buy multifamily properties. We have, oh, I, th I think we have about 800, un 800 doors under contract right now. We probably have 1,000 here by next week. Uh, we purchased 1,000 doors last year. Um, and so in that business, probably 30 uh, in my thought mm -hmm. leadership business, you know, I've got a podcast teaching people and I do live events, sold out live events um, throughout the year. My next one's in Orlando, uh, three day events. And uh, in that business, I think I have about 20 mm -hmm. employees. Mm -hmm. So let, let's go back to the embryonic stages here. Um, sure. You know, you, you've, you've had like anyone who, who dances in real estate, you would have to be really, 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 really lucky not to have had, you know, the, the ebbs and the flows there. So, Oh, I, I've had some big ebbs uh, and I'm happy to chat about that. I, yeah, for I sure. call it a seminar. I, I had a big seminar and, you know, I've, I've owned 2000 houses, multiple apartment complexes. And in 2006, 
my net worth went up $17 million one year. Mm. Okay. But there's a punchline in 2008, I lost everything out of $50 million seminar. I call them, uh, and, mm. and just crashed and burned. Yeah. And, you know, and, and a lot of my messaging is around the mindset it took to have 50 million to lose in the first place. And then the mindset it took to get back to what, you know, the success that I enjoy today. So that's, I think why my podcast has been so successful because I speak to mindset psychology, because as you guys know, 80 to 90% of your success really in anything is your mindset. Uh, the technical knowledge, you know, that's the easy part. You have to take action with what you learn. Yeah. So let's, um, so let's talk about that. Two, so two questions. Number one, so, how, and we have to get this off the table here. Obviously you've, you've amassed more than, $50 million in, in real estate over the years and whatnot. Uh, I'm just trying to get a sense of where you are then today in terms of how you meet the criteria for beyond eight figures. Typically, it's either someone has exited for more than $10 million from a business or they currently right. gross more yeah, than $10 million. Our revenue, our revenue meets, meets or exceeds your, um, your, your uh, requirements. I got you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so we're, we're definitely over 10 million a year in revenue, but, uh, and that's just with the multifamily piece. You throw in the thought leadership; it's it's mm -hmm. significantly more. So yeah, it, it is tricky too with real estate, right? In terms of what do you recognize as revenue? Because sure. obviously you don't want to take top line from a tax perspective, but from a business perspective, to be able to qualify for certain things and whatnot, you then have to go back to the value. I've, I've done real estate development for years, so we'll have a really interesting conversation here. Um, but but it is interesting. How do you guys get your arms wrapped around it from a revenue perspective? Do you sure. do you look sure. at top line? No, let, let me let me speak yeah, to that. Please. Let me speak to that. So so you know what we do is we acquire um, what what's called value add properties. Okay, so we don't buy what some people called yield plays, where they're just banking on the appreciation of rent. Okay, so we buy an asset and we want to go in, make some repairs, and immediately increase the value because the way multifamily real estate works in the commercial space is any increase to the net income is an exponential increase to the value. So for example, we bought a hundred unit complex in Beaver Creek, Ohio, uh, as a sideline, it actually got destroyed by a tornado. Luckily nobody died, but that, that's a great example. So that property, we're able to raise the rents $500 per door. And that's a $10 million increase in value. The minute, the minute that's filled back up, we're Just in the process. Back, back of, people into those numbers though, because they probably don't okay. understand how sure, that sure, sure, 500 sure. equals 10 million. Sure. So it, it, what it is, is again, it's a multiple, you, people have heard capitalization rate or cap rate. And so that's a, that's a factor that is divided into your net income to determine value. And that's how, you know, it's done in, in my space. And any increase to that net income is an exponential increase to the value. So what you do is you annualize it. So it's 101 units. You take 500, 500 and I'm just talking about the increase now. So, so we're just, I'm just going to give you a calculation of the increase. Otherwise, people's eyes will spin. But take 500 times 101 times 12. That's a $600,000 increase to our bottom line. I mean, by the way, this is not a typical. Our yeah, typical sure, is like sure. in the two to 300 range. Sure. But take 606,000. And you divide it by, let's say, a 6% capitalization rate, which actually is, is kind of high. By the way, it's counterintuitive. The lower the number, the higher the value. And so, so in this case... So just so folks are clear here, so an institutional investor might come in and say, I am willing to get a 6% return on my mm -hmm. money. So that, that building yes. provides a 6%... On a cash basis. On a cash yes. basis. After. On a cash basis. And that's, yeah. that's exactly right. That's how it's calculated. But, but when I do that math, it's 10100000 in a value increase wow. once that property is stabilized and filled. I'll give you another example. We've got an asset in Louisiana. We bought it at 70% occupied. And we knew it was, you know, and that's a red flag, obviously, but we knew it had potential because the neighbors were 100% occupied mm. complexes. Mm -hmm. And once we just, it's a 408 unit complex. Once we get our, our occupancy up to 90%, we've increased the value 8 million without even rent raises. Yeah. So, you know, that's what we look for, where we can force appreciation instead mm -hmm. of wait for appreciation. And that's, that's, you know, why we love the model and we're excited about the business. And yeah, um, totally get know, that. We're kissing a lot of frogs right now. There's a lot, you know. It's it's we're we're in what I call a rational exuberance in the market cycle. You know, we're 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 at or near the top, uh, and uh, you know who knows what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But um, mm -hmm. I'm very very conservative based on what happened to me in 2008 and nine. So. Yeah, I'm sure, Richie. Yeah, that's actually a question I was going to ask. What did you learn from 2008 2009 to prepare sure. you when it? Because it's going to yeah, happen great. again. 
Sure it is. Sure it is. Great question. And and so in 2000, in 2008, I had 800 houses and I had several apartment complexes. And what I learned was I was focused on value. I was only at a 30% loan to value. So I only owed 30 cents on every dollar. Wow. So it's, it's kind of hard to believe that I crashed. But, but what killed me was I had 200 houses, two hours that way and two hours that way and everywhere in between. So this four hour stretch of of, of coastline in Florida. And so here's, here's what killed me. Number one, Florida has no state income tax. So the property taxes here are higher. Okay. Mm. Number two, I had properties in wind and flood zones. So insurance is more expensive, all which impacts cash flow. But the, what the, what the, the two killers were, if I had a maintenance issue at one of my apartment complexes, I could send a maintenance guy and everything's the same. So we could stockpile plumbing parts, HVAC parts, appliance parts, and they could be in and out in an hour, okay? Well, if I had to send someone to a house that's an hour away, everything's different. They'd have to go see what's wrong, go find a Home Depot or a Lowe's, buy material, which could be another hour. And then, you know, if you've ever fixed anything around your house, you know, you get into something, you realize you need something else and you got to go back. And so what took an hour in one of my apartment complexes took all day at one of my 800 houses. And you multiply that times 800 and that's cash flow. It really impacts cash flow. Mm -hmm. But then the coup de gras was most of my houses had contractors in them. They were working Joes, you know, uh, plumbers, electricians, drywallers, roofers, painters, which fell off a freaking cliff in 2008. So, you know, nobody had work. And it was just, you know, it was, it was very, very painful to have it all happen. And, and, and then, you want to, the, the real pain was actually went upside down. It crashed so much here that it crashed more than 70% in my portfolio. So it was actually underwater. And then I said, screw it, I'm done. And, and, you know, I tried to hold it together, but the lesson was throughout all that, my apartments were doing fine. They sure they had some pullback, but they would have easily survived. Now me in my brilliance to save a few basis points on interest rate, combined packages of houses with, a, with my apartment complexes with local mm. banks. And, you know, so it pulled the whole thing down, but the lesson was focus on cash flow, And that that's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. It's Richard, right? Forget yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the bottom line, Richard. And, and, uh, and that's that's uh, actually the subtitle of my book, uh, uh, which is the new rules of real estate investing, i.e., focus on cash flow. Like that Louisiana Louisiana example I gave you, that seller paid twenty million for that house ten uh, for that sorry for that apartment complex twenty years uh, ten years ago. Paid twenty million ten years ago. We paid sixteen and a half six months ago. Okay, but. I, I I don't even like to use that as an example because it's all about the cash flow. Mm -hmm. It's not about the value. Mm. So. Can I ask a question? Yeah, sure. Okay, so when you go to an apartment, you want to look at buying it. Um, mm -hmm. If it's 90% or 70% mm -hmm. occupied, how mm -hmm. much money, capital, do you put into improvements so it doesn't yeah. crush your sure. cash flow? Well, well, it, that all gets factored in. Okay, so we raise we raise what's called the capex money. It's that's the capital expenditures, the the, the fix up. So we raise that money as part of our raise for the equity. So, for example, on that Louisiana asset, we assume the loan. I think we raised five million to to meet the purchase price, but then we raise an additional three million, two million for capital expenditures, and a million for our operating reserve. So we're very, very conservative. Like we've got an, a million sitting in the bank just in case, mm. okay? And and so, you know, in this hot market, there's a lot of mistakes being made. There are people paying too much. I mean, we we get into a situation where we're in the final offering period. It's called best and final on a deal. And we're just scratching our heads when we see what some of these properties sell for. It's like, what are they thinking? And so we're anticipating ending up with some of those properties mm -hmm. a few years from now when they crash and burn. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, to so. clarify my question, do you go in and just kind of clean it up a little bit? Or you oh, no, no. I mean, no, how no, much? No. We, 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 we do much more than that. And like, let me, let me, let me give you an example. We've got, a, we've got, again, we've got several assets under contract right now. We just went to Atlanta yesterday and looked at a 126-unit complex. And in there, we're going to put in new vinyl flooring that looks like wood, you know, that nice mm -hmm. vinyl plank flooring. We're going to put in new granite countertops because it really is a B-class asset. And we make these improvements. It'll be an A asset. It's in an A area. And so we're going to put in the countertops. We'll put in new light fixtures, new plumbing fixtures. Um, we may put in new appliance packages there. So, no, we go in and we really do some nice things on the inside. You could be talking about course, 25, 30 grand per unit then, no? Is that? Oh, no, 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 no. In that no. case, that's about, 15. that's just what I described is about five grand per Yeah, it okay. depends also on square yeah. footage. Well, for sure, yeah. Right. Just, yeah. So you're not talking high-end, high-end. You're talking about... Yeah. 
No, I mean, yeah. you know, it's, 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 you know, when you've got that economy of scale, it's not as bad as you think. Now we are doing an asset right now in Cleveland. Uh, you know, I should be careful because it's not completely under contract yet, but that could be an 18,000 per door yeah. uh, renovation, which is a heavy lift. So we literally will have to have somebody living there, managing the construction project, you know, so you're not just managing, you know, in, in our case, we manage the property management companies. Gotcha. In this case, in that big of a heavy lift, we'll also be managing the construction company. So this kind of goes back. It's an add-on to that first question that I had for you. So you learned those lessons in mm -hmm. seven and eight. You're mm -hmm. applying it now. You went into the multi-units. Mm -hmm. if, if someone thinks it's hard to rent out their single-family home, uh, this is a heck of a lot different thing. you got people what? living in there during this construction, right? So mm -hmm. since you have two companies one that's dealing mostly with the real estate and one that's the training 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 are yes. you is it a little bit of both some of it is your training people in that one but i would imagine you need the money so sometimes it'd probably be better for you to take on people as accredited investors or just investing oh in, sure in no we, we, we bring you... in accredited investors right now i mean if if somebody's listening they're accredited you know get on our radar text partner to 41411 we've got some screaming <laughs> deals right now so, you know, love, love to thank you for that segment for allowing me to throw. Well, it just seems like there's so many moving parts. Yeah. Oh, sure. No, we bring in investors all the time. Now I'm blessed because, you know, my podcast is about to hit seven and a half million downloads. Holy so I'm cow, in lots job. of ears. I'm in lots of ears every week. And so, you know, all I have to do is mention a deal and our dance card gets pretty full. Mm. But, but because I'm so conservative, like, let me give you an example. We've got an asset in Dallas and, you know, we've got 10% to 12% cash on cash, which is how much you get on your money every year. And then we're over 20%, um, you know, through the five-year cycle that we're on on that property. So it's significant um, returns. And we're at a 65% loan to value, which is extremely conservative. What, sure. most, what most investors will do is they'll minimize the amount of equity in the deal, maximize the debt to get the returns that they need. We don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. but, you know, now I'm in a blessed position because I have students, I have 350 students all over the country sending us deals. I have people sending us deals. So, you know, I'm kind of lucky to be in the middle of that and you know, a lot of accredited investors um, mm -hmm. that, that want to place their money in something other than, you know, the stock market or bonds. Yeah. Let's, so. let, let's talk about that then, because I think what, sure. what a lot of people get, uh, get caught up on uh, is great ideas, but execution in terms of, and, and for most people, they can fight the good fight they can find the right contractors they're you know that like they can find the people most people can operate the building i mean it's not a matter of it's it's a and of course there are nuances and of course there are, are, are there's an enormous difference between property management companies that are on the top of the you know the food chain and, and others that you know, just barely scraping by. So, I mean, there's, there's a huge difference between those. But sure. assuming that all of them are going to get, you know, a solid B in terms of their ability to, to manage and operate. We're talking about building. management companies now. Correct. And I'm thinking yes. about it. The, the direction that I'm going here is, again, assuming that the average Joe can get a good solid B, B minus, whatever, in terms of operating and just keeping up a good place. The thing that prevents most people from getting into the game, especially in the type of game that you're playing. And I know you do a lot of this in terms of the teaching. So right. I'm trying to, to, to give folks the opportunity here to learn from you without sitting in front of you, me, okay. me included. And so what, I, what the real question is, and what I really think it comes down to, is the equity piece, is being able to have enough money to do a deal. And so, well, for instance, and let me just give you an example okay, here. Okay, sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. Um, and, and again, I appreciate all of your uh, insight, all of this. It's a rare opportunity to be able to sit down with someone of your stature who knows this game as well as you do. So I uh, really want to take advantage of this as best as we can. So, for example, I'm looking at a, at a historic landmark building. You guys don't even know this. In downtown San Diego. And just a beautiful building, and it's, I mean, it is 22% occupied. So when you talk about value add, and I've done and I've done tax credit deals before, so I know how we can lay that as a tranche, and it just means a level of financing and whatnot. This is a big play for us, right? I mean, this, for, for my development company, we probably have to bring in 30 to $40 million in equity when it's all said and done, maybe less depending on, on what. But the, the bottom line is, typically, my understanding 
is there is more money available than there are good deals to invest oh, in. Absolutely. So money, the money is the easy part. Well, it's finding and, deals right now. That's that's the challenge. And, you know, and because, I would argue yeah. that it's that it's not. And I think a lot of people listening would argue that it's not. So help hmm. us understand sure. Sure, how sure. do you connect I mean, the two? Yeah, and, and a great question, and and one of the most exciting things about the business that I'm in, okay? Because this business, this commercial multifamily space is a team sport. So if you find a deal, and you're knowledgeable enough, I mean, you got to educate yourself, and be it with me or whatever, you know, uh, online, YouTube, read books, whatever, you've got to educate yourself. That's number one. But if you're educated and you're okay at influencing, I mean, you, you have enough confidence competence, number one, yeah. that you have confidence and the ability to influence. You don't need money to do this business. And let me explain why. Please. Okay. When you do a commercial multifamily deal, you're going to pull people together. And there are three requirements to get financing. One, you have to have a net worth equal to the loan amount, but that's the team. Okay. Mm. Number two, you have to have liquidity after closing equal to 10% of the loan amount, but that's the team. So, and then you have to have experience. Now, for example, there are two types of, of what's called agency debt, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, which is non-recourse. So, you know, if they foreclose, all they take is the property. Well, those are the three requirements that they're going to look at. So if, let's, for example, let's say I'm just some guy that learned this business and I connect with a doctor that's high net worth and we want to take down a $2 million property. He satisfies the net worth requirement. He satisfies the liquidity after the closing requirement. And with Freddie Mac, you can hire a third-party property manager to manage that property. You've satisfied the requirements. And so, so when someone is raising money for a commercial multifamily deal, um, the, the deal can get carved up a lot of different ways. For example, you could the person bringing the deal could get a piece. The person putting up what's called the at-risk capital, which is the earnest money, the third-party reports you have to pay for to get the financing will get a piece. The person you know, raising the equity will get a piece. The person doing the asset management after you close, managing that property manager will get a piece. And so it can get carved up like that. But again, you can if you find a good deal, for God's sakes, come bring it to me because we are actively looking. Mm. And there are a lot of people that are, you know, so hungry to find deals that have the ability to raise money or have the money themselves. Yeah. And so right now it's it's a lot of money chasing the deals. Mm -hmm. And and to, in full candor, we are fully evaluating about 200 properties right now to find one. Yeah. So we're kissing 200 frogs to find a deal right now. So it's a lot. And it's not always like that. That's very unusual. But it's the, it's where we are in the cycle right now. Yeah. But but again, it's not about the raising the money if you're educated and you have the ability to influence because there's so many people looking to put their money and get decent returns right now. Yeah. So no, I appreciate and this that. is, you know, real estate's historically very safe. You know, it's 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 uh, particularly multifamily, you know, uh, is 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 particularly safe um, historically. And so, you know, I, I'm obviously I my example with the single family debacle, but. But my multifamily, and that's why I started my podcast, to share that story. And, and I knew I was going to get back into real estate, and I hate asking for money. And I thought, you know, it'd be a great way to, you know, be able to get it out there. I'm, you know, raising money. But smart. I wanted to share my story that it's the houses that pulled me down. It wasn't the apartments. Yeah, super smart. And just yeah. one more question on that, and Richie, then, uh, yeah. yeah. So just one last question, then, is, as far as that structure is concerned, talk about the waterfall. I mean, do, when you bring in, because sure. I think that's a lot of people, and when I say waterfall in terms of investors and how people are paid yeah. and returns on their money, et cetera. Yeah, that, that's going to, that's going to, that could confuse people, but let me give you an example. Please. I'll give you a, one one with our, with our Ohio asset, for example, the one I was telling you about got destroyed by a tornado. Yeah. All 100 families had to move. Well, on that deal... It's uh, they get an there's an eight percent preferred return to the investors. Okay, so they get eight percent off the top, and then it was a I believe now don't quote me on this. Yeah. Was, I believe it was a 70-30 split. So the investors get seventy percent. We as the general partners get thirty percent. Okay, mm -hmm. you tracking mm -hmm. me so far? Okay. Now, if we hit um, certain return metrics, the split goes to fifty fifty. So that's an example of a waterfall. So yeah, that's helpful. If we, if, yeah, do you, so do you bring use, any equity to the table in, in your deal? Oh, sure. No, we brought a lot of equity to the table. I, we're usually in the 10 to 20% of the raise that we put in. You, so, wow. So you yes, guys are, yeah. oh, oh, wow. That's a, that's yeah, a so huge So we're putting money in time. for sure. And, and, the, and, and this, again, this is the general partnership. So, so you know, maybe, maybe we've got somebody that's got a lot of cash that wants to be in the general partnership that's putting up that money. Okay. But, you know, all of us are putting something in, but, but that's, it's the general partnership 
there's the general partners and the limited partners. The limited partners are the people that we go out and raise equity from. The general partners are the ones putting the deal together, signing on the debt. And but but yes, so we put in money as well as general partners or key principles, it's called. Yeah. So the limited but, partners would fall in the seventy percent. Those are the people correct. that are typically putting in correct. equity until we get them to a certain return percentage, you know, and then then it goes to fifty fifty on that deal. Gotcha. Okay. Now every deal is different based on the numbers. We've done some at eighty twenty. Uh, we've done some at a 7% preferred return. It's called a PREF. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to know the nomenclature, it's called a PREF, 7 mm -hmm. PREF. So it's a 7% preferred. Um, some people don't do any PREF. Some, some people go straight 80-20 with no preferred return. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's lots of different structures out there. The only thing I would say is if you're accredited, um, uh, you want to ask the right questions because there's a lot of guys out there that really are um, – you know, that, that, that didn't go through the, the crash that I went through. They mm -hmm. got started in 09, 10 and 11. And I interviewed them on my show and some of them have thousands of doors, but you know, like I've been on, you know, presentations where they present a deal and we ask the question, how'd you stress test the deal? Meaning what happens just to, you know, stuff happens and, and it's crickets, you know, like yeah. in our deals, I'll, I'll land the plane with this last comment on our deals. You know, we won't buy it unless we can um, break even at 25% vacant day one. And then, our model is we refinance our invest, we refinance, get our investors all or most of their money back within five years. And then at that point, once we've refinanced, our pro forma has to show that we can break even at 35% vacant. Wow. So again, very conservative. We, we put a lot of money in operating reserves just in case funds. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people aren't doing that. So yeah, for sure. Richie, what was your question? Well, that last couple <laughs> of answers made it kind of twist a little, but uh, so this kind of in some way reminds me of an interview we did with Chip Conley, and he had his Joie de Vivre hotels where he had ownership of the property, but then mm -hmm. a separate company that was the management company of those hotels mm -hmm. sold mm -hmm. off. There's the real estate, and then there's the operating ca yep. capital right. and yep. cash flow. Yep. Sure. So in this case, based on all the stuff you've said in this whole podcast, it sounds like it's, it's obviously not exactly the same because you have an operating um, – your general partnership is doing it in the real estate company itself, but how there is kind of a – coincidence or, I don't know, there, similarity. There's similarity, yeah, thank you, mm -hmm. um, is that I'd imagine since you're constantly needing new properties and you got to kiss these frogs, that's where your training company comes in. So now you're training well, these students to go out there and well, they're just that, like... Well, not, not by design, not by design, okay? Yeah. that That's not like the MO. <laughs> it just has happened that way. I mean, it, yeah. it's like, you, you know, want to make God laugh, tell him your plans kind of a thing. Mm. That was never the plan, but it's worked out beautifully, obviously, because we are getting a lot of deals. And, and of course, you know, I'm in tens of thousands of years a week. So, you know, we get deals from that as well. And we get money from that as well. So, you know, it's kind of a unique situation and I'm blessed. I mean, I'm, I'm blessed because of it. I'm grateful because of it. Uh, but we're able to look at a lot of deals. Now I will tell you that said, you know, I've got a whole team building, you know, built relationships with brokers and, 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 you know, all over the country and, and we've got, you know, really good systems in place for evaluating deals as quickly as possible, tracking them and, you know, getting rid of the stuff that doesn't make any sense fairly quickly. So, you know, it's, you know, as you guys know, any business is nothing but people and systems. So we've set up some really nice systems yeah. as well. So there's one small Please. question that goes with that, and it kind of goes with Steve's things, Steve's um, complex too, or what you're looking at. Yeah. Um, if they haven't gone through your courses and they're just getting started, since we're talking to people who are thinking sure. about trying to do something and here's the sure. start, here's where you scale, here's where you exit potentially. What would someone do? Then they're starting this process. They don't know enough yet. They haven't been sure. trained by you. How can they protect themselves if they think they found a deal? Is there something? Yeah, I've got something free I can give you right now. Sure. I've created, in fact, I got it right here. I was just looking at it. I've got this due diligence book. It's called a tool book. I'll give it to them for free. Sure. They text my name, Rod, to 41411. They get it. 70 pages. There's no fluff, no sales, no crap like that. It is pure content. It's got every possible question you'd want to ask if you're, now this is multifamily geared though. This is not mm -hmm. single family, mm -hmm. but if they're buying anything from a duplex on up, it's got every possible question. It's like a due diligence checklist on steroids. Okay. So nice. 
for free to your listeners. And, and it is a qual. I'm really proud of this. I used to give away my book, 200 page book. I gave 20,000 copies of that away. And finally, my team's like, hey, stupid, let's put this on Amazon and make some money. And so, yeah, I, I put it on Amazon now. So I wanted something to replace it. And I replaced it with this thing. And, mm-hmm. and it is a quality piece. If again, for multifamily specifically, mm-hmm. let's, um, let, let's, as I like to say here on the show, let, let's try to humanize you a little bit from the standpoint of, I mean, you, you, you got the high energy, you got everything together, you got your six building complex, you got the, you know, I mean, it's like you got it all here, man. And which is awesome. And you've earned it. And obviously you've, you know, you've got the, you know, the cuts and the scars and the bruises to, to show for it. What, uh, what, what is driving you here to continue oh, to run great. this race? Because, Great you know, you, you, there's, there's, it almost seems unwinnable, right? I mean, I think that's the, the game and the trappings that some of us tend to fall oh, into. Oh, for other people, other people. Okay, I mean, gotcha, for you, gotcha. for you personally, and, and for other people for sure. But I mean, for you personally, what, why do you keep running this marathon here and you keep adding doors? Well, let me tell you something. I freaking love what I do, Steve. Okay. Mm. In fact, you can, I'll show you, I'll take my camera. Okay, there's a few of the hundreds of thank you cards I have from people whose lives have been impacted from my work. I've never loved what I do so much. And that's not hyperbole. That's that's truly how I feel. Okay, and and, you know, I literally get love or thank yous three or four times a day every single day from thank you cards to emails to 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 DMs on Facebook and and. And so, I mean, that's my answer. I, yeah. I, I, I love it. And I'm, I'm sometimes working 12 hour Sundays, but when you love what you do, work is play. Right. And, mm-hmm. and that's how I, you know, so that's why I keep going. You know, you didn't hear a lot of my story. I mean, I, yeah. I used to have an $8 million house on the beach across the beach there. And I lost all that when I lost everything. Cause God's got a sense of humor. I can see it up my backyard, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, I've had a lot more than actually than I have now. And, and I'm on rebuild, which obviously have, I, I almost always happens faster because I have the knowledge base now, but you know, I've, I've, you know, I've gone from very high to very low. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember even before then I, I was living in Denver in a million dollar house. I had a Rolls Royce. I had a Pantera. I had a Corvette and I lost everything for the first time. And I remember having to paint houses to have enough money to eat. And wow. and my mom bringing me a bag of groceries because she was worried about it. So I went from mm. Rolls Royce to mom bringing me groceries. <laughs> so, you know, when that happens to you and you have these seminars, these setbacks, these failures, you know, it, 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 it's, first of all, it humbles you, but I didn't answer your question. Why do I keep pushing? It's really because I love it. I guess that, that is the answer. It's, yeah. I do love it. And I, and I want to build, you know, something really significant for my wife. My wife is a lot younger than I am. And, and honestly, I live my life for her. And, mm. and so I want to build something incredible so she never has to worry about anything. Yeah, but you do more than that, too. I mean, what's the, you know, the, the give back on the Tiny Hands oh, Foundation and so on? So, I mean, it's not thank just you. driving for the money here. I mean, there no, is a give no, back. So I want folks to understand uh, me, that you're yeah, more than just the that. doors. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me talk about that. You know, I built that house on the beach across, across the way here, and I worked 20 years to build that. I mean, I mean, this house was magnificent. I mean, giant waterfall from the second floor into the pool, and, mm. and I mean— I could go on and on. On the second floor, I had an aquarium that cost me just under $200,000. So that gives you an idea of the house, okay? So two months after I moved in, I'm floating in the pool, and and I was depressed. And I'm like, what the hell? I've worked my whole life for this. I've got the Mercedes in the garage. The, the you know, It's a gulf to bay. I can lay in my bed, look that way and see the beach, look the other way and see the bay with my boats. And, and two months after I moved in, I'm depressed. And when I look back on it, Steve, there were several things going on. Number one was... You should, you should never achieve a big goal without having other goals lined up beyond it. Because like the good book says, without a vision, the people perish. You need a vision for the future. And I didn't know what I was going to do next. But the bigger thing was, ties into the drive. You know, I got I, I got picked on a lot in school because I immigrated when I was six, didn't speak English. And, and, and so I, I had built up this limiting belief that I wasn't good enough. And so I was trying to prove the world I was good enough. That's the truth of it. Sure. And, I, and, 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 you know, in this house, I had totally been focused on rod, 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 show the world I'm good enough. And, and, and you know, I was depressed. I'm like, I, what's going on? So I went and saw Tony Robbins that year. And I've now spent the last 20 years following him around the planet. Hi, definitely shout out to his stuff. Hmm. And I found you're out in, he fed uh, families. You're in his high-end group. You go on the... Uh, I did. Yeah, I did that. Nice. I did that once. Not anymore, but but it's just too busy. But yeah. awesome. Platinum partnerships, fantastic. But, you know, I found out he fed families for the holidays. So I'm like, wow, do something for someone else. This is, this is when I was 40. Okay, this is 20 years ago. And, and... 
And, you know, I'd been totally focused on Rod to prove the world I'm good enough. And so I decided to feed five families that year. The third family changed my life. We brought this big boxes of food, frozen turkey. We called the church, said, who really needs help? And we found these families. And this lady comes out of this one-bedroom piece of crap house. It wasn't even a one-bedroom studio with five kids. She sees the food, starts crying. Her kids see the food. The, the older ones start crying. I start crying. And I'm hooked. And I'm blessed to say over the last 20 years now, we've fed 75,000 children mm. for the holidays. We've done tens of thousands of backpacks filled with school supplies for children here locally. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. teddy bears for the local police departments to keep in their cars, thousands and thousands of those. And that has given my life meaning and, and richness. Mm. And, and um, you know, so, so you know, life is about giving back. Uh, and, and I really believe that. Um, and thank you for allowing me to mention that. I, I wasn't even going to bring that up. But yeah, that's a big um, part of my life now. Let, let's go one layer deeper if we can here. Sure. Because, you know, when you, when you reach a certain level of success and you have a certain degree of visibility as you do, you've got a lot of people who love you as evidence obviously by the by the notes there and then of course you know you've got a lot Thank of people you. who don't always have the nicest things to say in, right. in in what way do you feel like you are most misunderstood great question wow wasn't ready for that one um gosh you know i i think the reason that my podcast and my events sell out and they i mean literally people rave about them is that I spend a lot of time on mindset. I truly believe, and this is from Tony, honestly. I mean, this is, you know, this is from his teaching and in, in, in that, that truly, you know, people can have the technical knowledge, the real estate, as it were, the business. They hear your podcast about these giant businesses, incredible success stories, but they don't take action because of fear or limiting beliefs. So I have, I mean, at my live events, we push through fear and limiting beliefs. We do identity statements. We do, you know, all sorts of things around um, mindset and psychology. Like when I first run out on stage, I say, you know, I'm an expert in real estate. I'm an expert in building systems for real estate. I'm an expert at teaching other people how to build systems for real estate, but anybody can do that. The difference with me is I won't let you lose your soul. I won't let you ruin your relationships mm -hmm. or lose balance in your life or remember what's most important. And, and that's, I think, you know, I think that's where I'm probably most misunderstood uh, in that um, it's not just the real estate. It's so much more than that. It's mm -hmm. so much the, all the foundational stuff that matters more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, reality is real estate is um, it's a game that most anyone can play. I mean, you can start out very, very yeah. small. And of course, you can then continue to go to where you have thousands of doors and so on. Let's talk about uh, opportunities as it relates to real estate specifically, sure. Are, sure. are there still opportunities and how come some people are able to find them and others aren't? So what spells? Great question. Yeah. Great question. Because they're willing to do what other people won't. Bottom line. What I was just talking doing? to somebody else on another interview today about this. I, I met, I interviewed this kid that's got 170 doors and he every day is on Craigslist trying to find deals. Most people won't do that. And, and, you know, I'll tell you, give you, I'll give you a little bit more of my story. When I was 18, I got my real estate license. My first year, I made eight grand. My second year, I made 10 grand. My third year, I made over a hundred grand, which was in 1981 was decent money. Sure. And, and what happened between year two and year three was, was mindset and psychology. I met a guy that got me going on that, but I did what other people aren't willing to do. I knocked on doors of people that are on foreclosure and I bought hundreds of houses that way. And that, again, not a lot of people will do that. I've interviewed kids on my podcast with, you know, now 500 doors that found deals driving around, looking up the owners as far, even looking on Facebook to find the owners and, and or calling for rent ads and saying, hey, do you want to sell? So, so if you're willing to do what other people aren't willing to do, you'll be a success at whatever you target, okay? Yeah. But most people won't do that. And, and it's a shame because, you know, I've got a sign on my wall here. I'll show it to you. It says, Focus, focus, grind now, play later. Most mm. people don't realize that if you're willing to work like other people won't now, you'll live like other people can't the rest of your life. And it only takes a few years of that hustle. But, you know, yeah. that's, that's, the, that's the reality. So we live in San Diego and finding mm -hmm. these properties, they're in the multi, multi-millions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's not low-hanging fruit. Okay, and when you, you know, Steve, you're talking about your deal there. I'm like... 
tightening up a little bit because there's there there's there's opportunity. You know, if you can make it work in San Diego, then God bless you because that is really impressive, candidly. Okay, because yeah. it's there's so much money there and and the prices are so crazy there. And so most, you know, I've got a lot of students. My last event was in L.A. and I've got a lot of students in in Cal, all up and down California, Washington, Oregon, and they they almost to a one they invest out of state. Most of them yeah. invest out of state. But that's the beautiful thing with multifamily. You know, when I started in real estate, if you wanted to see what was for sale, you got this book in the mail. If you mm -hmm. wanted to see a property, you had to get in a plane and go see a property. Mm -hmm. I mean, now you can go on Google Earth. You can drive down the street. You can see the cars in the parking lot. You can go down to the main street, see the businesses. And if there's a liquor store and a pawn shop and a strip club, you know, it's a clue. Okay, about the area, right? So, so opportunity. So right. Well, maybe if Adult the area is not too bad. I was just talking yeah, about but, but the, the but side. It's yeah. so incredible what we can do with technology now. I mean, we can go on spotcrime.com and see the crime. We can do all the demographical research in seconds. And none of that was available before. Yeah. So it's not hard. I won't go fly and look at a property until we have it under contract. I won't spend any money. And so, you know, and you can do that in this business. That's one of the, you know, beautiful things is, um, you know, you don't, you, you can do so much, you know, in your underwear from a laptop and a phone. I mean, it's, it's, mm -hmm. that's, that's, you know, we live in incredible times mm -hmm. uh, for that, for this business, that is. Yeah. Well, let's, um, let, let's do this. We'll give you an opportunity here to just uh, share some, some final thoughts. What's, what's one question we should have asked you either as it relates to your life uh, or the business that we didn't get to, or that nobody has ever asked you that they really need to be asking you in future interviews? Wow. Wow. I should have been ready for that one too. Mm. That's an awesome question. Um, you know, just that, just that I, if I can just give anything to your listeners and that is you truly are capable of doing anything. You just have to, you know, you have to make a decision. You have to, you have to take action. You have to keep your, you have to create your goals and keep your eye on those goals. And if things don't work out one way, you change your approach and you go, you keep your eye on the goals and there's truly nothing you can't do. And, you know, so many people are, have these limiting beliefs and fears or worse, they're in comfort and the comfort zone's a warm place, but nothing freaking grows there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the magnificent life of your dreams is just on the other side of comfort. If I could leave your listeners with anything, I would leave them with that. Just take action. Don't, don't come to the end of your life and have regret. There was a nurse in Australia named Bronnie Ware that counseled, she was a hospice nurse and she counseled patients at the end of their life. And she asked him one question, which was, what regrets do you have? She wrote a book about it. It's called The Five Regrets of Dying. You want to know what the number one regret was, guys? Mm. It was not living the life I could have lived, living someone else's life, not living to my potential. And I say, screw that. Come up with your goals, take massive action. Don't fear failure. People fail their way to success. I've had 24 businesses all but four have been spectacular flaming seminars, okay? But four have been tens of millions of dollars. And so, so you know, I, I, I got to meet Sarah Blakely at one of the masterminds. I mean, the billionaire owner of Spanx. And she yeah. told me that her father used to ask her when she was a child and her siblings, what have you failed at today? Is mm. that an awesome freaking question? Yeah. So you don't fear failure? And yeah. So that's what, you know, if I leave your listeners with anything, I want to leave them with that. I appreciate uh, it, and yeah. uh, and and let's let's figure out how else we can play. Obviously, with Podcast Magazine, uh, I'm sure there's an opportunity there for us to to yeah, sit that down with you. Yeah, picked up my ears. That yeah. picked up my ears. Yeah. I was listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll figure out a time to to sit yeah. down and get you in touch with the right category director there. And um, nice. And, and there's definitely a feature to be had. You gave us a couple of gifts. Uh, you can text either the word partner or the word rod. So if you're looking for deals, you can uh, text the word partner to 4141. If you're accredited, if you're if accredited you're, only, we can only do legally only accredited partner to 41411. Yeah. And uh, just by definition, that's a million dollar net worth or a million dollars in cash or what, just so people are clear. Uh, on that. It's, it's $200,000 a month in income, which, which has, which looks like it's going to continue or a million dollars in net worth without your personal residence. Mm -hmm. That's accredited. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Yeah. And otherwise and, they can text the word rod to four one four one one and you've got that yeah, whole big this, book. What's that for one? The book for? about yeah, about due diligence. And if you know, if someone's really interested in learning this business, for God's sakes, come see me. You can come for as little as two hundred bucks mm. for three days. And I don't bring in outside speakers to sell you crap like everybody else does. It's just me for three days. So that's rodsbootcamp.com. So if anybody's right. interested in that, you know, please, please do that. Awesome. Well, congrats on the uh, podcast for sure. And, uh, you. you know, people who listen to podcasts tend to listen to podcasts, right? So you guys should definitely go check out uh, Lifetime Cashflow uh, as you. well. Rod Cleef, and that's K-H. 
L I E F. E I E I K H L E I. I did the I before E I before C. Yes, exactly. There you go. Rod just spelled it for you. So, Rod, really appreciate you hanging out with us here on Beyond Eight Figures. We'll definitely be in touch. Uh, and maybe we'll even be talking about the uh, the deal in downtown San Diego. So there you go. Hey, come to my. You guys are obviously welcome to come as my guests to one of my events. So please don't hesitate if you can make it. Uh, next one's Orlando in May. Sweet, appreciate nice, that. Thank you. All right, my friend, we're going to let you jump, and then we're going to wrap up here uh, right. in our own way on Beyond Eight Figures. So thanks again, Rod. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Pleasure. Absolutely. Take care. Take care. All right, see you. Bye bye. Yeah. All right, Mary, Rich. It's. Uh, I mean, we, we've done a couple of folks in the in the real estate world, and uh, you know, of course, you're going to find a lot of people who have businesses that are grossing more than 10 million and or have made more than 10 million and exited et cetera et cetera in that world how what stands out for you about what rod said perhaps versus some of the old you know we again we've had a few of them on beyond eight uh one uh, you know in the senior stuff and then one in the, the multi so I'm just curious if there's anything in particular that stands out for you guys in terms of what rod said versus some of the other conversations that we've had stand out you mean that's different or, or Just could something stand out that's similar amongst them all? It could be either. So one of the things I see that's been similar is they, they're able to, um, the way they structure their business is it maximizes the upside, but I think through his losses or what he called seminars, yeah. having the single families for so much, is it also very much minimize their downside mm-hmm. so yeah. i'm blanking on the other guy's name with the old folk but it's like someone's always dying mm-hmm. someone you know and the way they're doing it they're they're kind of that we're living so long it's like you need to be taken care of along so that's one yeah and then going into multifamily, like as long as you're doing it right and you're protecting your downside like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know so it seems like that that seems to be a similarity and i think just really making that solid foundation. And, and they both talked about mindset, too. For sure. For sure. And again, knowledge isn't, isn't the issue here. We can all access the knowledge that's needed and understand the steps that are needed. It's just simply a matter of, um, of the mindset and the execution. Mary, obviously, being in real estate and all the mm-hmm. stuff you've done, anything in particular that really stood out for you? Mm, flyover states. <laughs> San Just Diego's, going to go see properties. Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, but I love the Google. Oh, oh, oh to invest outside invest of San Diego. Invest out of state. Ah, like yes, Minnesota, yes. my niece is Minnesota. in. Yeah. She's a in property, anyway. Management. Yeah, kind of. Kind of, kind of. She does the actual organizing of the jobs, building huge things. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we've talked about it. We've yeah. talked about, hey, let's find something. I love duplexes and fourplexes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that was the that's, first building that I owned. That's just enough for four me. Unit. Yeah. Yeah, that I like that. And how conservative. So you don't get caught up in the hype of a deal. You stick to your metrics. And if mm-hmm. it doesn't meet your metrics, move on to 199 others. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. I uh, I got the email in my inbox about this this building in downtown San Diego. And I looked at it and I loved it immediately. And then I was going to delete it. And then I went back and I remembered what my theme was for the decade. And so the two themes of recurring revenue and automation, I was like, ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. This, this, this is completely within that theme of recurring revenue. So haven't deleted it yet, and I don't plan. I plan on uh, pursuing things there. And, and something that we're hoping you will pursue uh, is come and hang out with us. We want to see you. Come and hang out with us in San Diego, March 9th. Well, yeah. of course, if you can come to the full New Media Summit, which is March 9th through the 11th, we still have a handful of tickets left there. Come there, pitch top podcasters, get booked on the shows on the spot. We'd love to have you. NewMediaSummit.net for info on that. And we are doing the Podcast Magazine launch party the evening of March 9th. That's going to be a huge, huge, huge blowout. Uh, tickets are still available at PodcastMagazine.com forward slash party. So PodcastMagazine.com forward slash party. Check that out for Mary Goulet and Richie Ote. I'm Steve Olsher. Talk to you next time here on Beyond Eight Figures.